John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Second Corinthians chapter go. 12, verses 1 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord. It is necessary to boast. Nothing is to be gained by it. But I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told that no mortal person is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast, but on my behalf, I will not boast except of my weakness. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me. Even considering the exceptional character of the revelations, therefore to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep, uh, to torment me, to, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. The word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Jeremy. And Pastor, I've made just about every error that can be made, I think, in leading worship. So my heart goes out to you because I, I, know, I know how it is, and I'm grateful for, for you being here. I hardly ever preach without praying, and I, and I ask you to pray. Would you pray for me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I pray today that the soil that's here in this holy place will be laid fallow and be prepared so when the seeds of the word of God are planted today that they might bear fruit and that Father the Holy Spirit would come and lead us into all truth today and that you'd be glorified that we're not just going to be hearers only but those who do in the name of Jesus, I pray. Let the church say amen. It's almost seven years ago that one of our members went to be with the Lord. Her name was Liz Rock. Liz would sit right up there and sing. Many of you know what a bright light she was for Jesus, a radiant, joyful person. There is an endowment fund named for her so that children could go to choir camp, which she loved, and supporting youth ministries. Liz fought cancer. And 
Side by side with her was her husband, Dr. Jim Rock, who's also with the Lord now. Liz died on, and I'm going to say it the way Jim Rock would want me to say it, in the military way, 7 December 2016. If y'all know Jim, he was a stickler that I would say that date that way. 7 December 2016. What you may not know is during her fight with cancer, Jim sent me an email and a link. And he just basically said, Pastor Rick, this person's also fighting cancer and we've found great inspiration from her. So I clicked on the link and listened to the music, and I got to tell you, it changed my life. I, I kept clicking and clicking and clicking. So the link that Jim sent me was a song by Joey Feek. Anybody ever heard of Joey Feek? I hope that you'll go and listen to her music. Can I give you a 30 second clip so you can hear her sing? This lady who's got the voice of an angel. Go ahead, Cameron. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, help me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, Lead me on to the light and take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. So I wondered why Jim and Liz were so inspired by this woman and her husband that was singing next to her with the overalls. And I began to read about Joey's life. See, at the same time Liz was going through cancer, Joey had been going through cervical cancer and battling it. And actually, Joey would pass away first. Joey was 40 years old when she passed away. And here's a picture of her fighting cancer with her young daughter that had just been born as she was fighting this cancer. I think I found out why Jim and Liz were so inspired by one particular song entitled, When I'm Gone. This particular song was written by a friend of Joey Feeks about four years before Joey was diagnosed. And it was about her own struggle as she knew she was dying and telling her family they were going to be okay. They were going to be okay. And so this song, I'm sure, moved Jim and Liz, and it moved me. And I'm going to ask that you listen to about a minute of it, and then you'll have to go and listen to the rest, but just so you will hear this amazing song, When I'm Gone.
bright sunrise will contradict the heavy fall that weighs you down in spite of all the funeral songs the birds will make their joyful sounds you wonder why the earth still moves you wonder how you carry on but you'll be okay on that first day when I'm gone you'll have to go and find it and listen to the rest I would much rather preach messages about answered prayer and rejoice because the Lord answers our prayers beyond what we could ask or think amen and hallelujah y'all can say amen and hallelujah but for Christians to be honest and have integrity as a pastor, you have to address the subject of unanswered prayer. I dealt with it last week. This is the last message on unanswered prayer. And then we're going to go and finish the sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. Where's God when we need Him? Of all the things that weigh us down, I think perhaps the mystery of unanswered prayer is one of the heaviest. Let me give you some examples, real life examples, but I also think they go on every day. A godly mother prays for her wayward son. He was raised in the church. He went to Sunday school. He knows the Bible. He knows the truth of the gospel. But when he left home, he left it all behind. And for years, his mother's prayed, but to this day, he still remains a prodigal son. A wife prays for her husband. After 23 years of marriage, he left her for a younger woman. The marriage, despite her prayers, ended in divorce and a broken family. A husband prays for his wife, who's been diagnosed with terminal cancer. The doctors give her six months, maybe seven, but none of the treatments do anything to the tumors, and she passes away in less than five months. I could just make a list, my own personal list, and I'm sure you could make a list of those people we prayed for, and it doesn't seem like that our prayers were answered. So we cry out a lament, and it's in Scripture, this lament from Psalm chapter 10, verse 1. Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? The psalmist is just expressing the same thing we feel. Why, Lord, did you not answer when we called out? Last week, I gave you six possible reasons for unanswered prayer. I didn't even come close to exhausting the subject. But these are six biblical reasons. I'm going to touch on them really quickly to review for those who weren't here. Number one, unrepentant sin in your life. The Bible says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's the condition. Then, if you meet that condition, ask whatever you wish. It'll be done. 
Secondly, perhaps we're lacking faith. The Bible says, ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Another reason, a third reason, is perhaps we need to learn patience and persistence. I preached last week on the parable of the persistent widow. Now, in almost all of your English Bibles, they title this the parable of the unjust judge. I hate that title. This parable is not about the judge. It's about the widow who will not give up. She keeps praying until she gets what she wants. A fourth reason is the Bible says perhaps we're asking for wrong motives. James says you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend them on your pleasures. A fifth reason is simple. We just could be ignorant. We need to admit that. Isaiah the prophet said, My thoughts are not your thoughts. He's speaking for the Lord. The Lord says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. And the last reason for unanswered prayer, biblical reason is, perhaps the Lord just wants to teach us to trust Him no matter what to trust the Lord with all of our heart. I know a great many believers who struggled with the whole issue of unanswered prayer. Why doesn't God answer all the prayers the way I want them answered? For those that are hurting, a theoretical answer is not sufficient. They want something that works. Perhaps you've heard a pastor say, and I've been guilty of this, God always answers prayer. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says wait. Let me tell you, if you're in the midst of despair, that answer is facile when the heavens are like brass. This is not good enough. What do you do when your prayers are not answered the way you hope? How do you respond? I'm going to give you three things that I do. They may seem sound basic, but they're essential. Number one, keep on praying. I've said this at every sermon. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. Don't give up praying. Keep the faith as you pray. I don't know why that I'll pray a prayer 999 times and the thousandth time the Lord will give me an answer. And I've heard a lot of people with stories like that. Don't ever give up praying. Not ever. The Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter 5 that we're to pray continually and to give thanks in all circumstances. And I think that includes unanswered prayer. This is God's will for you. Second thing to do, you need to give God the right to say no. Now, little secret, God already has the right. You're just acknowledging that God has the right to say, no, my grace is sufficient for you. You see, if you never acknowledge that God has the right to say no to you, 
you're going to be filled with anger and frustration and, and disappointment and despair, and it can rip your faith. So it's better and wiser to pray, Lord, I'm praying this prayer from the bottom of my heart, but even as I pray, I confess that you have the right to say no if that's what you think is best. You have the right to say my grace is sufficient for you. See, God did not say my answers are sufficient. God said my grace is sufficient. As I flip through the pages of the Bible, I find many stories of answered prayer and unanswered prayer. I see miracles, and then I see things that had to be one of the biggest disappointments of all. And maybe there's one story in Scripture that gives me the most inspiration, and Pastor Jeremy read it today from 2 Corinthians 12, and it's the passage famously known as the thorn-in-the-flesh passage from the Apostle Paul. It starts with this. Paul says, I knew a man. Let me give you a secret. He's talking about himself, but he's using third person. Paul himself, 14 years before writing this, was taken up to heaven and got to see glimpses of heaven and hear things that no man has ever heard. And Paul, he got a a little proud of that. He was kind of thinking, wow. And then he writes this. To keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, Bible scholars are all over the board on what the thorn in the flesh is. Some will say that it was as simple as the Jewish opponents that Paul faced and persecuted him. I don't think that's not, I don't think that's what Paul meant. Other Bible scholars believe, and I agree, that Paul had some kind of physical ailment with his eyes, and it caused him to have to depend on other people. It caused him to be limited as ineffectiveness. And I think Paul wanted this physical healing and never got it. In one sense, it doesn't really matter what the thorn in the flesh was. The crucial point is Paul prayed and This is the man who took the gospel of Jesus Christ into Europe for the first time. This is a man who was perhaps the greatest evangelist, a man of prayer. And yet he prayed and did not get what he asked for. And I doubt any of the reasons for unanswered prayer that I gave earlier apply to him. God just simply said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Maybe you have a thorn in the flesh. Or you may just have a burr under your saddle. I don't know. But you got something. I'm sure. I do. Everybody I've ever talked to, they have something where they prayed, Lord, 
and the Lord didn't answer the way they wanted. So the thorn teaches us several important principles. Number one, unanswered prayer happens to the very best of Christians. doesn't matter if you have all faith in this situation. It doesn't matter if everything is just right. Sometimes the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you. Second, when it happens, it's humanly unexplainable. Thirdly, when it happens, God has a higher purpose in mind. In this case, God was teaching Paul to depend not on his answers to prayer, but to depend on him. That's why. After praying three times, the Lord spoke to Paul through the Holy Spirit and said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Let me review the two things I do. Number one, keep on praying. Don't give up. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. Number two, give God the right to say no like he already has, but you just need to acknowledge it. Last thing, keep on trusting. Keep on trusting no matter what. We focus on the answers, but God wants us to focus on him. In the darkness of unanswered prayer, you may be tempted to give up on God. Many people have. I've seen so many people fall away because they, they, have, they have a terrible theology of suffering and a poor theology about faith steadfast faith so when things in life come their way they just can't deal with it they don't understand it and they give up their faith i would point you to a man that everyone in this place knows about if you're ever tempted to give up you might want to go back and read the book of job job Pretty much lost everything. He lost his children, all of them, all ten. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. He lost his respect in the community. The only thing he had left were friends that were really, they should have just shut up. And a wife that nagged him, and she surely should have shut up. That's all he had. And in the midst of all of that, in Job's struggle with trying to understand what is going on, why did all this happen, Job stands tall and makes this affirmation of faith and says, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Can you say that with me? Though he slay me, Yet I will trust him, though he slay me. Don't, we, don't get me wrong, answered prayer is great, wonderful. We need to give God more thanks and be more grateful for the, for the benefits and blessings that he gives us. If none of our prayers were answered, we'd probably stop praying. But if all of our prayers were answered, we'd just take God for granted. Unanswered prayer forces us to trust Him and to put Him first. 
And when we do, he alone gets the glory, which is the way it should be. You see, the great question is not, how can I get my prayers answered? That's not the question. The real great question is, what will it take to draw me closer to the Lord and cause, cause me to trust him no matter what? Y'all know my personal story. I've had a few challenges of unanswered prayer. I know what it's like to say with Job, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I hardly ever, in 37 years of preaching, end a sermon with a poem. And I apologize today if that's going to offend anybody. Technically, I'm not going to end with a poem. I've got one more thing to say. But there is a poem that I've known about for decades. It's attributed to a Civil War soldier that died. Not sure that's provable. But this prayer's got great wisdom. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. And I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. And I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing I asked for. But everything I had hoped for, almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am, among men, most richly blessed. That's a man who understands Standing tall like Job and saying, Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I wanted to end the sermon today asking you to do something. Might be uncomfortable for some. I want you to look around because I'm going to ask you to pray for the person on your right and left and behind you and in front of you. The Bible says that we're called to pray for one another. And I know we have a prayer list in the church, and I, and I hope all of you post it on your refrigerator or someplace, put it in your Bible and pray every day for those members. But we're to pray for one another. The Bible says in Galatians 6.1, we're to bear one another's burdens. And there are burdens here today. There are people here today that have a thorn in the flesh. There are people here today that have a burr in their saddle. There are people here today that have something going on. And the Lord's not yet answered. And maybe the answer is going to end up being, my grace is sufficient for you. I also want to open the altar for prayer. Now, I want to be clear. The altar's open. We're going to sing one song. If you're not through praying, keep praying. But the altar is going to be open so that you can come and pray. 
Pastor Jeremy's here. If you need somebody to pray with you, Pastor Jeremy is a man of prayer, and he'll be glad to pray with you. You look around today, somebody sitting next to you, you don't even know. Some of them may be a family member. We're going to pray for one another. I've been asking the Lord for a revival of prayer here. And I think it begins with the members of the church really seriously understanding that we're called to pray one for the other. And that we're called to learn the kind of faith that says, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Let's pray. The altar is open. You can come right now if you want. Father, I, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters as we pray for one another today. The people on our left, the people on our right, people in front, people behind my pew. In the name of Jesus, I pray for whatever might be their thorn in the flesh or their burr in the saddle or whatever they're facing in this life. Father, they've called out to you. And we join together and call out to you in the name of Jesus. We ask that you answer in a clear way. And we specifically ask that you you answer in such a way that only you can get the glory. Father, I know sometimes you you give it you give us an answer we may not like. And you just say to trust you that your grace is sufficient. So for all of those here who are living out that reality, or all they have is your grace, which is sufficient, then I pray for them, I lift them up, that day by day, one day at a time, you give them the grace they need for the journey. Father, some people need healing today. Some people need healing in a relationship. Some people need healing in a body. Some people need healing from damaged emotions. Some people need healing in ways only you know and can do something about. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for them. Other people need provision. They don't even know if they're going to have enough money to make it to the end of the month. Lord, we pray for them. We pray for our brothers and sisters, for their needs to be met. And, Father, when you answer our prayers, please forgive us for not immediately going back to you and giving you thanks. Forgive us for being like the nine lepers that just ran off healed and instead of the one who came back and said, thank you, Lord. Father, give us a thankful and grateful heart for answered prayer. Bless my brothers and sisters today. In the name of Jesus, let the church say amen. Altar is still open if you want to come as we sing this, this closing hymn. Would you stand and let's sing some music. Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.